This is FBG Jen and FBG Kristen. And I'm FBG Margot, host and producer. You're listening to the podcast that will help you keep a lid on the junk in the trunk and inspire you to live a happy and confident life. Each episode, we chat with motivational experts and celebs and share our own candid adventures in being healthy. If you're looking for a podcast that's equal parts hilarious and enlightening, well then welcome to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. Welcome back to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. This is FBG Margot, and on the line today, we have FBG Jen. Hello. And we have FBG Kristen. Hola. Hola, Kristen. So please tell us about our guest today, Jet Set Sarah. She is such a lovely lady. I love this interview. Y'all are going to fall in love with her. How did you meet her? Well, a couple of months ago, I was lucky enough to be invited on a media trip to Jamaica, which I feel like we've probably talked about that on the show already a little bit. But it was really cool. I'd never been. And it was a little bit last minute. Um, a lot of times those things are are planned out several weeks in advance. And this was sort of like, hey, can you come next week? And happily, I could. So I, you know, agreed to go a few days beforehand, got the information on who else would be there. And one of the one of my fellow members of the media was Jet Set Sarah. So I, you know, stalked her a little bit on Instagram because it's always fun to see who else is going to be on a trip like this. And I was like, well, she seems fun. And uh, okay, so this is a little bit of a side note. I tend to have some issues with uh, with recognizing people, even people who I've met like multiple times. <laughs> um, it's it's fairly embarrassing, but I just I understand and accept this about myself now, and um, I hope that people don't take it personally. Because of this, I very rarely approach people unless I'm very certain of who they are. Because it, it does become embarrassing when you've introduced yourself to somebody five times or when you start talking to somebody who you're sure is the person you're supposed to meet and it's absolutely not. So anyway, I, I was really just waiting to, I had met one of the other women the night before and then the morning after I arrived in Jamaica, um, I knew I would be meeting her. And I'm eating my breakfast at, um, at the Pegasus Jamaica, which is in Kingston. And I look out and there's this lovely pool with a beautiful fountain and there's this woman dressed in she had like colorful sunglasses and I think she was wearing just like, like cool, colorful workout clothing and she's squatting and getting into, and I'm, I'm doing this as I'm talking, which is not helpful for you guys. Um, but she's like squatting and getting into all these positions with her phone to take pictures of the fountain. And I'm like, that has to be her because everything about Sarah screams color and brightness and, um, and her Instagram is, is beautiful. So she walked in and I actually got outside of my comfort zone and I said, Sarah? And she looked at me and she was like, yes. And then we, I, she joined me for breakfast and then we hung out the whole weekend because that's what we were there to do. But, but anyway, it was, it was really neat. She is, she lives in Miami, but she actually spent on and off about half of her life in Jamaica um, and also in England. So you guys will see as she gets on here, she's got a really delightful accent that I just, I just love, but she is a Caribbean travel expert. And I mean, you want to know something about literally any Island, she can rattle off, you know, 20 facts and twice as many opinions about it. And she can tell you where to eat and what to order. And she's also a runner. So she's always hip to, you know, what the good workouts are there, you know, what's, what's interesting. She loves shopping. So she's just a, a fascinating person to talk to because she has 
a plethora of, of fun information at our fingertips at any given time. And especially for somebody who loves traveling, but doesn't necessarily get to, you know, different parts of the Caribbean all that often, it's really neat to hear what she has to say and hear about her experiences. Her passion for travel, like that's the thing that I was the most floored by and her energy is just contagious. Mm -hmm. Like she's just, she is just so, she, like the fact that she loves planes so much and airports, like I was Mm -hmm. like, and she like loves it. It just like shines through her. I I love her. Yes. And that was one of the things she and I talked about a lot is the fact that so many people in our industry become quite jaded. You know, they, they don't see the magic in what we get to do. They don't, you know, I mean, I get that when you, when you do as many media trips and things like that as she does, you don't want to go into everything being all starry eyed. You know, you do want to be realistic, but there, I've met a lot of people who are just like, yes, I've got to go to Dubai, you know, and well, you know what? No, you get to go to Dubai, even if it is for work. That's it's pretty freaking cool. And so the shine has not come off of this for her. And, you know, and I was saying that that's something I really strive for. And I think all of us do is even on the rough days, you know, with, you know, writing or podcasting or whatever, like I try really hard to remember that we are so fortunate to get to do something that we love, something that we're passionate about and something that we truly enjoy for a living. And she, she exudes that. I mean, (laughs) her worst day is probably better than, than a lot of people's Mm -hmm. good days. I think Mm -hmm. so. (laughs) And that's her choice. That's like, she makes that effort. That's not just that she's been like blessed by the travel gods. Like, she has worked her ass off to make this life happen. And it's not always easy, but she does always choose to see the positive side of it when when it's possible at all. And I totally recommend if you are, I, I check her now every day on Instagram at Jet Set Sarah, Sarah with an H. And it there, it's just a, a wealth of happiness. It goes right to the pleasure center of my brain. She takes a great <laughs> picture and it just immediately puts me in a good mood. And I, and you guys, just when you hear her voice, her accent is so lovely. And her, I feel like I could, I could meet her and greet her with a hug and it would not freak yes. her out. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh, absolutely. And she would give you a really great hug back. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So that's I, how I feel too. So yeah. So yeah. Jen, you were talking, we were talking off the air about, you know, simple ways to kind of cut stress when you're traveling. And we talked about this on Fit Bottom Zen, no? Yeah. So what I did think was really cool about this interview is that I think sometimes, you know, I'm like, if I'm going on a trip and, you know, airports and stuff and like missed flights and delays and everything that can get stressful. She had a great approach that was just like, no, I love to be in an airport. It's great to, you know, watch the people and I like to look at everything. So I think that's kind of like a really great reframe of traveling. Like when you get stuck, like, how can I make the best of this? Who can I talk to? What can I learn? But the last time I traveled, I started using, I started put together, putting together, this is based on Kristen's idea that she wrote about on Fit Bottom Zen, just like having lists at the ready. Like, because every time you travel, you need the same stuff done to like keep your house or apartment ready. You need the same stuff for like your pet care or your child. You need to pack the same stuff, you know, toiletries, like, you know, it's, it's all pretty much the same process every time you do it. And I would find myself, you know, writing a list, throwing it away, travel again, write a list, throw it away. And Kristen in this post, it's like, duh, it just makes so much sense. She has basically a system and we'll share the link in the podcast notes here, but it's, you know, like have a packing list, have a to-do list, and then save those somewhere so that you can actually access them. And you're not, you know, rewriting or, you know, just 
creating the wheel again, like every single time you have to do it. It was just a great idea, Kristen. I love that post. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I mean, it's like, I just like dummy proofing this stuff because I am, I think as I say in the post, like I have been known to become a little bit of a nightmare in the 24 to 48 hours before I leave for a trip, even though I really love planning trips, friends going to Paris and I've never been, but I'm like, if you would like any help planning this, like I, I love nothing more than researching and, and getting all the ideas out there. But yeah, like just trying to remember all the little things that you need to do. Like, okay, I've got to have all of my dog's medications lined up and make sure that everything is refilled as needed before I leave so that I'm not asking the, um, you know, the pet sitter to run to CVS, you know, or like work things that are, you know, I always want to be a certain amount ahead and I always need to have certain duties covered. So yeah, just know, you know, that stuff already figure it out before, before it's crunch time. And then you don't have to worry about that. You're forgetting anything. Yeah. Cause you've got That's it all the down. Big thing. Yeah. You don't have like that panic in the middle of the night or like the morning of your flight, like, or when you're on your flight, like, Oh God, did I pack? Yeah, you did. You had your list. It's great. There's, there's nothing worse than landing, also, like being someplace and you forgot to bring the one thing and it's because you didn't write it down and it wasn't on your list. You know what I mean? Like there's like, like contact lens solution or just something dumb like that. You're like, gah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, let me, let me also say like, if you're traveling somewhere, keep in mind that, you know, with very few exceptions, like those daily things, like you can replace them or get by without them for a few days. Like I, I have forgotten some really stupid stuff in the past before this amazing system came into place, of course. But, you know, I, I don't think, I mean, I've shown up at races out of town three hours away where I forgot my race watch and my glasses, like mm. really not smart things. And here I am to tell the tale, like it's, it's fine. So I also would encourage people not to get super hung up on that because if you forget it, you still get to have the experience. You still got there. You still get to, you know, choose, just like we were talking about Sarah choosing to see the positive in, in, in all the things that she does. You still get to choose to have a kick-ass time. Yep. That's so true. You know? I, I've also found that the list has helped me from overpacking. Because sometimes we'll be like, yes. oh, this and this and this and this and this. And then I'm like, oh, actually, I actually don't need all of that, you know? And if you're going to go somewhere for longer, but you're not going to check a bag, sometimes it does make sense to get off and buy the larger thing of contact solution. Cause you're going to like the little travel one, like the three ounce one is not going to be enough. Like, mm -hmm. so, you know, but yeah, I think the best thing from this interview is her outlook. We also have some good tips in there too, though, guys, just for, yes. gen for, for travel in general. And you're just, like I said, you're just going to fall in love with her. I, I love this interview so much. So I say we just get right into it. Yeah, let's do it. Sarah Graves Gabadon is a Caribbean travel expert, award-winning travel journalist, TV host, and self-described caravangelist who ventures to the beach and beyond to share the world's favorite warm weather destinations with brands such as Travel and Leisure, Brides, Martha Stewart Weddings, The Telegraph, Islands.com, and Cruise Critic. She is also the Jet Setter-in-Chief at JetSetSarah.com, where her two passions, the Caribbean and shopping, meet. Her not-so-hidden talent is the ability to sniff out a shopportunity no matter where in the world she may be. And when she's not shopping, she can be found running literally around Miami and the Caribbean or powerlifting at the gym. You can follow her adventures in travel, retail, and fitness on Instagram and Twitter at JetSetSarah. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. Well, we are thrilled to have you on the show today. This is FBG Margot, and on the line today, we have FBG Jen. Hey. And we have FBG Kristen. Hello. 
So, Sarah, I'm going to ask you the first question. I, I'd just love for you to talk a little bit about your background and whether or not you were born with these traveling Jones. Have you always wanted to explore the world? <laughs> Absolutely. I always tell the story how when I was, I think, about three and a half, I went on a plane for the first time. We were I was born in England, and so we were traveling from England to Jamaica. And I clearly remember getting in the plane, looking out the window and saying to my mother, Mommy, Mommy, the clouds are upside down. And I thought it was the freakiest thing because I'd always been used to as a child looking up to see clouds and then now they were beneath us. And I just thought that was magical. I loved everything about the travel experience. Um, you know, as a lot of, as you know, my parents are from the Caribbean, but we lived in England and as many people who live in the diaspora can attest, you always have relatives going backwards and forwards between, you know, the Caribbean and England or, or um, you know, the States. And so we were always going to the point was we were always going to the airport to drop people off or to pick people up because back in the day, that's what you did. And <laughs> they didn't jump in an Uber. And um, I was just always so excited every time to go to the airport and see the people arriving and every time we go and take my relatives back I would cry because I wasn't going on the plane so you know I think it was kind of inevitable that I end up in travel. Wow that's cool so I think you know you kind of have this like amazing dream job I think a lot of people would 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 see that and think that how did you how did you get into this line of work? Well I did a degree in hotel management and it was, I did it in England and in England degrees are usually three years. And so this was a, what they call a sandwich degree, which is a four year degree where you work in the industry for the third year. And because my parents lived in Jamaica at the time, I went back to Jamaica and worked for 48 weeks at a resort called Hedonism 2, which you may or may not have heard of. It's a very, it's a very. I want so many stories from this. Yeah, yeah. It was a very racy resort and quite a change for a girl who had been to all girls Catholic school. But um, I just fell in love with the hotel industry there and with the travel industry there. And I got into working in the PR department and really loved that. And then sort of transitioned after finishing my degree and working in hotels. I worked in PR departments in hotels. And then I transitioned to the other side to travel writing. And so you know, I'd lots of, I, met, I had met a lot of editors as PR manager. I met a lot of editors and worked with editors as, for my job at the resort. So I kind of switched over to the other side and uh, became one of the media. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, hedonism too. I am, I am unfortunately a little bit aware of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> From some other experience. Yes, it's accidental. A it's a special place. It is yeah. a special place. <laughs> yes. So, Sarah, you are on the road or in the air as it were, um, a lot. Yes. And I've got to know, what are a few of the items that you will not leave home without? Oh my gosh. Well, this one is obvious, but my iPhone. Yes. I, can't, I, can't, I mean, I have no children. I am blissfully child-free. When people ask me if I have children, I say no, but I have handbags and shoes. So I am all about, God, I just had a senior moment and cannot remember how that re- re- related to what I'm going to tell you now. But anyway... <laughs> I always have my iPhone. Um, it's like, oh, I was going to say, it's like my child. It's like my child. I mean, I love Instagram. I love social media. I love taking photographs, composing photographs. And I love to be in touch with people. So I could never, I, I could never travel without my iPhone. Uh, what else do I have to have? You know, on a long haul flight, I have something that most of your readers probably don't have. I have a foot sling. I tell you why I need this foot sling because I'm four foot nine inches tall, which means that sometimes when I sit in a in a seat, my feet don't touch the ground. 
And that's fine when you're going to the Caribbean and your longest flight is three hours. It's not a big deal. But if I'm going on a long haul flight and I'm not lucky enough to be in business or first, it's not that great. My feet start to swell. So I have this sling thing that goes over the um, seat back pocket or sorry, the tray table. And it allows me I put it's like a little hammock for my feet. And so I put my feet in it and then my feet are at a nice angle parallel to the floor rather than dangling on the floor off the edge of the seat. That is fascinating and the exact opposite of the problem that I run into. So I had no idea that existed. Yes, I didn't know until recently. I was on a plane and there was an Asian lady next to me who was about my height. And she whipped out her cute little foot hammock. And I was like, oh, my God, where did you get that? And so, of course, because I had my iPhone, I immediately had to track it down. And before we had even taken off, I had ordered it on Amazon. So there you go. I always have to have my Kindle because I like to read and I like to read on the Kindle and I never, ever, ever, ever travel without my SPF 50 because contrary to popular belief, black does crack. So listeners out there, you should know I am black and um, I do crack, but I have successfully not cracked because every day I wear SPF 50 every day. I was lucky enough to meet travel expert uh, Peter Greenberg a few months ago and he's such a nice man. And one of his favorite tips that he gave me was that for the, the best airline deals, he d- makes all of his plane reservations over the phone. He always calls for that. So I was right. just wondering, like, have, do you always book your flights online? Do you ever call yourself? Like, what are your tips? Gosh, I have never called to book a flight ever in my life. But maybe that's something I should try. Um, see, because I travel, I travel for work. And mostly I'm being hosted by destinations or hotels. And so they or their PR people are making the reservation. So I honestly, I don't make a lot of reservations myself. And certainly for my personal travel, I always book online. But I'm, I thank you, Peter, for that tip. Maybe, maybe calling, you get to charm the people and they take a few dollars off. I don't know. I just always do it online. It works with JetBlue, just, just so you know. Oh, yep. okay, well. So All what right. do you do? Do you call them and then? Yeah. I'm so curious. Yeah, I just you, I just say, like, hey, can I get a better deal? I just say, hey, I'm, I'm flying to Reno. I'm visiting my mom. And, you know, people usually go, oh, and then, yeah, I get pretty good deals. Wow. That's wow. I don't Do have you... a tip about buying, but certainly it's, I mean, I am naturally a nice person, I would like to think. But it certainly pays to be nice to the people at the check-in counter, at the gate, and in flight. Because they're serving you, they're helping you, they're, they don't necessarily want to be there, but they're, you know, they're, they're doing good work for you. And I think it's such a thankless task. Any job where you have to serve people nowadays is basically a thankless task. Travel is so stressful. You're seeing people early in the morning where a lot of them were not at their best. Um, they're stressed, whatever. You don't know why they're traveling. And so I really should take the extra time to be nice and personable to the people I meet at the check-in counter who are helping me. And often I have been upgraded unexpectedly uh, just as we've gotten on board. So that's a tip. I mean, you should be nice anyway, but you know, you catch, what is it? You catch more bees with honey than vinegar. Is that that the saying? I think, I think it always pays to be polite. You never know what it may bring you. Amen to that. So do you ever get sick of traveling? Never. 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 Even in like nightmare, like stuck in an airport. Never, never, never. I love to travel. Unusually for me, I have been home for the last four weeks in a row. And I really haven't quite known what to do with myself. Because generally, like last year, I traveled three out of every four weeks. 
So I am always in the air in an airport and I just love it. I love the whole experience. And I think the important thing is to have a good attitude and to show up early. So Miami airport can be challenging. That's my home airport. So I always arrive at least two hours before the flight, not only because I just enjoy the theater of the concourse. I love to look around and see where people think about where people are traveling, why they're traveling. I mean, think about it. Air, airports are such seasonless, timeless places. Somebody walks by you and they're in jean shorts. Somebody else walks by and they're in a fur coat. Someone is going for a happy occasion. Someone is traveling for a really sad occasion. I think it's just an interesting environment to be in. And I've also, because I'm fancy, I like to fly fancy. I have done things to make my travel experience really uh, comfortable. So I get there early because I go, I'm an American Express Platinum card holder. And so I go to the um, Centurion Lounge in Miami. I know everybody there. I have breakfast. I have coffee. I take some photos for Instagram. You know, I'm literally at the airport for hours before I need to, but just because I love it. I'm never in a rush. I am in a little happy bubble. I don't really notice the miserable people around me. I just, I think traveling is such for, for work and for pleasure is such a privilege. And I'm, I, I just love to do it. I'm never bored of it. So can you share a few of your favorite spots in the Caribbean since that's really, I mean, you've traveled all over, but that's your specialty. Mm-hmm. And for bonus points, what makes each one so special to you? Ooh, okay. So the first one is Jamaica. Jamaica is special to me because I lived half my life there and because there's nowhere else in the world that is so small and has had such a huge impact on the world. Anywhere you go, I was in Japan a couple of years ago, anywhere you go, you say Jamaica and somebody, you know, people exactly, people immediately know where you're coming from. They have some connection to it, whether it's Bob Marley or Usain Bolt or the red, green, and gold colors, no problem, the bobsled team. Jamaica's a tiny little island, only 4,000-something square miles, and it's had such a major impact. And there's there's nothing like Jamaican food and culture and people and beaches. There are, you know, I've been to many, many Caribbean islands, and there are islands that have you know, better beaches than Jamaica or maybe equally good food as Jamaica, but nobody has the combination of things that Jamaica has. It's the total package. So that's number one for me. Number two is Anguilla. I love Anguilla because um, it's small. It's very barefoot casual. It's very nice, but it's unpretentious. I always say if um, Anguilla and St. Bart's were sisters and they're, they're very close to each other, just like a few minutes flight away. They are both rich sisters, and St. Bart's is a snooty sister, and Anguilla is the boho chic sister who you wouldn't even know has so much money because she's so cool and relaxed. So you can be at Elvis's Beach Bar or at Blanchard's Beach Shack, and the guy next to you in you know barefoot and shorts is a billionaire. It's very cool. It's small. You can drive around. It's like 33 square miles, and it has 30, sorry, 35 square miles, and it has 33 amazing beaches. I don't mean like some of them are, eh. I mean, they're all fantastic and none of them are crowded. I absolutely, it's one of my favorite destinations. Love it. You need another one? No, no, no that's, I, that's, I that's perfect. Those two are great. Those okay. are great. There you go. So let me ask you your advice for surviving a red eye flight. You know, I'm asking for mm-hmm. someone who has to travel several, for, for, several times per year, has to take the red eye. So what are your tips for that? Wow. Well, I'm lucky in that because I specialize in the Caribbean and I live in Miami. My longest flight is three and a half hours to Barbados or to Trinidad. But obviously I have traveled elsewhere. And I would say here, let me think of my tips. I would say, first of all, the second you get your reservation or somebody makes a reservation for you, go on and choose your seat because getting the right seat is 
crucial. And, you know, whether you're an, a window person or an aisle person, I'm always going for the bulkhead because I have the most room because even though I have no legs, somehow I feel like I need to have a lot of space in front of me. I like the window when I'm going to my destination because I love to shoot pictures out the window when I'm landing. But when I'm coming home, I choose the aisle because I want to be one of the first people off the plane. So there you go. Uh, that's tip number one. Tip number two is, you know, this is kind of an obvious one, but try and keep your travel, kind of keep your travel all on one airline so you rapidly build up status so you can have the, the pick of seats because obviously, you know, the higher level you are, the more... Uh, the more pick of seats you have and the earlier you before you fly, you can actually pick your seat. Have a little comfort kit with you of things that just will make you more comfortable in the air. So I always bring socks. I always bring my own eye, eye uh, what do you call those things? Eye shades, eye covers, eye masks, because there's always that one person, even though the flight is at six o'clock in the morning, there's that one person who insists on keeping the window open. Mm. <clears throat> So I hate that. I need darkness to sleep. So I always have an eye mask with me. So even if it, the cabin is not dark, I can pretend it is. If you're short, bring a foot hammock for sure. <laughs> oh, bring your foot hammock. Uh, what else can I tell you? Hmm. Let me think about that for a second, ladies. Long haul. I, you know, and I just think keep yourself entertained. Bring diversion. So whether that's your book or your e-reader or your iPhone or whatever, I just, you know, I'm, I'm not one of those people who sleeps all the way through a flight. So I, I always need to have distractions and I can't necessarily rely on the person next to me to be scintillating and interesting. So make sure you bring stuff to read with you. Sorry, they're not very exciting tips, but practical, I think. Practical is good. I, I like practical. So you definitely do workouts when you're traveling and you're in these amazing places. And we were on um, your Instagram we're like, oh, she just did battle ropes. Like, how fun. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> you, yeah. Like, how do you approach working out on um, when you are traveling? And do you have any tips for getting in, like, you know, a really great workout as part of kind of your vacation experience? Yes. Okay. So I have a rule because I travel so often. I always work out the morning that I'm traveling. Even if that means that I have to wake up at four o'clock in the morning, I always work out that morning because you never, on a travel day, you just never know what it's going to hold. And I feel like I can't wait to get to my destination to do something. I should just do it now. So if I've accomplished nothing today, at least I've gotten a workout. My primary way of working out is running. I've been running for uh, a long time, maybe 20 years. And um, I just love it. It's become, you know, I think for mo I think most people who start running, for most people, it sucks, and it's true, it does suck. It sucks for a long time in the beginning, but then you get over the hump, and it's become now a moving meditation for me. It's the way I set up my day. It's when I do all my thinking. You know, I've never come back from a run and thought, oh, my God, I wish I didn't do that. So running is my way of not only centering myself in the morning, but it's incredibly handy when I'm traveling because you get to see when you're in a new environment and you go running, you get to experience that in in a way that you can't from a tour bus, you know, with the 4,000 people. You you get to, you are on your ground, you're on two feet of your own volition. Um, I just think it's a great way to explore a new destination. And the great thing is that in general, runners everywhere are such a friendly group of people. 
So often I will um, ask on Facebook, you know, I'm going X place. Does anybody know any running clubs? Or I look on Instagram for running clubs. And that's really cool when you can connect with people in different places who do something you enjoy. I used to be a member of Black Girls Run, and that was great, blackgirlsrun.com, because you can go on there and look. They have Facebook pages also. You can go on there and look for for clubs that are in the area you're going to. So you have a built-in community of people to go to but yes i think definitely uh, one tip i would give is look for run clubs where you're going if you're a runner and then if you're not if you're into boutique fitness the great thing about that is that most boutique classes most boutique fitness places offer the first class free so it's a great opportunity if you're if you're going somewhere new to try something new and to try it for free so you try to get a new workout in a new place awesome i will also say around here um and you know where i live is such a vacation destination for a lot of people Mm -hmm. um a lot of places have gone to um you have to pay for your first class but you get the second one free which can be good if you're somewhere for like a week (laughs) and you'd be willing to go back oh Um, tricky oh they are that's funny it is um, and that is like the majority of places i go now um it's either that or it's like here's a free week give us a full shot and i'm like great cool (laughs) kind of tough if you don't like it though It, it is it is. Yeah, I'm the queen. I have to say, I'm the queen of the first class free. I'll try anything once. So I'm all about that. So please don't tell the boutique fitness people in Miami about the second class free thing. That's not going to work for me. No, no, it's our secret. It's <laughs> okay, so one of the things that you also are very, very good about when you travel is shopping. Yeah. And yes. And so I think that shopping especially somewhere foreign can be really intimidating to people. Um, You know, using a different currency or not knowing the customs. Should you haggle? Is that rude? I don't know if you're in a tourist trap or if you're somewhere legitimately cool. So I'm wondering, what are some of your favorite shopping tips for somebody Mm -hmm. who maybe isn't quite as seasoned as you? And also, are are there a few specific items that you always look for on specific uh, islands? Mm. Okay. So I'm going to, let me just say, uh, I'm going to, these tips are, Caribbean specific because they're from my my point of view, but I think in some cases they're they are universal. Okay. So you know when you go to the Caribbean, basically there are going to be two types of shopping. You're going to be going into a duty free store to buy some you know high priced designer perfume or jewelry or something, or you're going to find yourself in a craft market or in an individual independent boutique. So I would say, first of all, I would say that. My number one tip for people who want to do duty-free shopping in the Caribbean is don't it, is don't think that because the merchant tells you it's $5,000 and you're in a fancy store with pretty lighting and all the jewelry, that that's what you're going to have to pay. The first price is never, is never the price you're going to pay. So you always ask politely, can you do any better for me? I was hoping to spend X or whatever. You may not want to show your cards that early, but, you know, can you do any better on the price? And they always can. Always, I'm not even going to say 99% of the time, I'm going to tell you they always can make it cheaper than the price you see on the tag. So you might not think you can haggle in a duty-free store, but you can. That's tip number one. Oh, and tip number two for duty-free shopping is make sure you've done your research beforehand. So because maybe you can get the same item, you know, when Nordstrom has a sale or whoever has a sale, you can get the same item for 20% off. So if someone's only offering you a 20% off at the duty-free shop, you know, that's that's powerful information to know to tell the merchant to get an even better price. So do your homework on the prices beforehand. So as far as it, um, craft shopping, say you're in a craft market, my 
first thing is it's kind of like a buffet. It's like a shopping buffet. And smart people always do a lap of the buffet first before they put anything on their plate. So I always suggest that you walk the whole shop or walk the whole craft market first, see what calls you and what you're really interested in, and then approach the merchant. Because, you know, if you go up to some someone, the first, the first merchant, and you're touching everything and picking up everything and looking it around, A, you're giving that person false hope, and B, you're trying to cheating yourself out of getting the best price because any savvy merchant knows that, ah, if she picks it up, she's really interested in it. So... I would say do a lap first. Then when you find something you like, absolutely in the Caribbean, we expect you to haggle. It's part of the sport of shopping. And of course, you're going to do it politely and you're going to say the same thing. Can you do a better? Can you do any better on the price? Or maybe you want to buy two because you think, oh, my best friend at home would like that. Can they do a better price if you buy two? Always, always haggle, haggle politely and respectfully, but always haggle. Um, and, and after, because you don't want the merchant to think you're taking them for a ride, make sure, please, that you shop with small bills. Because if you haggle something down to, I don't know, $7, and then you whip out a $50 bill, that doesn't look good. Nobody's happy about that. So make sure you have fives and dollar bills in your arsenal when you're shopping. And of course, in the Caribbean, most people take US dollars. They're happy to take them. Um, and then my third tip is, is kind of is the opposite is my third tip is that there's nothing worse than retail regret there's nothing worse than sitting on the plane and thinking oh my god i really wish i had bought you know x from that store and never being able to go back and get it so i think if you really 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 love something and you really want it and even if you can't get it down to the price that you really wanted or sometimes if you can't really afford it this time but you're never coming back this way i say buy it buy it if you hate it, that's what eBay is for. When you get home, if you decide you don't want it, that was that is what eBay is for. But chances are you loved it, and you're gonna and you're gonna be so glad you have it. And every time you look at it, it'll bring back good memories of the trip. So if you love it, buy it. That's my number third, possibly most important tip. Things to buy wherever you go. Uh, well, when I'm in Jamaica, for example, you have to buy Blue Mountain coffee. It is the finest coffee in the world. Most of it is exported to Japan, um, but. A Small amount is kept in Jamaica, and if you go to Jamaica, you absolutely should buy it. Um, here, if you buy it in the States, it's probably about $20 a pound. It's a little bit cheaper in Jamaica, probably about 16 or 17 And my tip there is don't buy it at the airport. Go to the supermarket. It's cheaper. Uh, we're also very good at woodwork and art. Art is actually something that I personally pick up um, every place that I go. I just think that... You know, if people go to the Caribbean and they come back with a shot glass or, God forbid, one of those woolen hats with the fake uh, dreadlocks attached, <laughs> we cannot be friends. We cannot be friends. There's so much good art and craft out there. So I'm always um, encouraging people to support local artisans. There are ceramicists and sculptors and wood carvers and fashion designers, a lot of great Caribbean fashion. I'm always about that. I, I'm about supporting designers, particularly uh, female designers. I actually have a column in a magazine called Porthole Cruise Magazine. It's a savvy shopper column. And every month this year, I'm celebrating a different Caribbean female artist. So you guys should check that out, too. Absolutely, we will. So I wanted to ask your advice I love doing the show because I can just personally ask questions that you know satisfy me. <laughs> but <Yes. laughs> later this summer, I'm going to be traveling to a very hot and humid place, New Orleans. Mm. Um, yes. Uh, so I was told, first of all, you have to bring a church fan. You need to bring that. That's very important. Yeah. But uh, yes. But anything, any other advice you have for me to keep cool in this environment? 
Well, first of all, bring the church fan, but, you know, it doesn't have to be a church lady fan. You should go onto Etsy and look at fans. Oh, my God. There are some amazing paper fans. So I would say get yourself a cool fan. Don't get like, you know, the free fan or the, you know, the lollipop stick fan. Get a cool fan. There are so many great ones out there. And then, you know, you can keep it for when, like me, you're perimenopausal and you're hot everywhere. You could use it not just in New Orleans, but <laughs> but as you enter that wonderful stage of life. Um, number two. Oh, so here's a good one. So let's say you're working out in when you go to New Orleans and you are overheating. You could drink the water, yes, but the best thing to do is take the water from the water bottle and pour it, dribble it slowly over your wrists and around your ankles. That will cool you off instantly and so much faster than like just throwing it all over your face. I read it's because the blood vessels at your wrists and your ankles are very close to the skin. But honestly, try it on the wrists. You'd be amazed. It cools you down instantly. If you're a makeup wearer, your makeup just tends to melt off in heat and humidity. And so a makeup artist introduced me to makeup setting spray because I do some on-camera stuff and, you know, we have to spray you down so you're not shining in two seconds. So I would say, I cannot remember the brand right now that she told me and that I use, but just look for a makeup setting spray. And if you can get one from like a makeup artist supply store, those are really heavy duty. It's sort of like, it sounds disgusting, but it's sort of like an antiperspirant for your face. It kind of sets everything and it will stop sweating and oily breakthrough. So you'll always look cool, even if you're feeling hot as balls. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> no, I know. That's what it's going to be. No, that was, that's awesome. <laughs> so in your so much experience traveling, what would you say is the most memorable trip that you've ever been on? Oh, man. I know, right? Gosh, I don't, I should have thought about this one. mm, The most memorable trip I've ever been on. You know, I'm going to be sappy here and I'm going to say my mini moon. I got married in a registry office, sorry, the courthouse, you call it here, on a Friday morning with just four other people. And we then, my husband and I went to the airport and we rented a um, Corvette a convertible Corvette and we drove from Miami down to the Keys where we had our little mini moon honeymoon which is our little you know weekend honeymoon because we were both back at work on Monday and I you know was not a traditional bride I was engaged for two weeks and as I said I got married at um, the courthouse and so I had on you know a white eyelet strapless dress that I had bought from Macy's like $35 or something but I wanted a veil I just was really crazy. Like I want a veil. And so Mm -hmm. I bought this veil and veils are really expensive for what they are. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's just fabric attached to a comb. But anyway, I got this veil and I said, you know what, for the money that I paid for this veil, I'm never taking it off. And so we spent the entire weekend. I'd be in shorts and a t-shirt or my swimsuit, but I always had the veil on. And so going down to the Keys and being in your veil was fantastic because we got offered free drinks everywhere we went. People wanted to have photos with the bride. It was just, it was a, it was a fantastic trip. Obviously we just got married, so I was very happy, but yeah, I guess, you know, it, it was close to home, but it was such a memorable trip. And, and, you know, honestly, any trip I take with my husband now is kind of a bit like a honeymoon because ours was so short. We just say, oh, we're extending our honeymoon every time we take a trip together. But yes, I would say my, my Florida Keys minimum was my most memorable one. okay so on that note what's some place you have not been but you'd love to visit Ooh, so many places i would 
love to go to India, mostly because I'm fascinated by the colors of India. Those uh, marigolds that they use for celebrations, the bright pink, the cobalt blue. I'd love to go to India. I would also love to go to Morocco, also for many of the same reasons. Because A, well, A, because they have the souks and I can't wait to go shopping in the souks. But it just seems like, like a vibrant and beautiful place. I would love to go there. And New Zealand. I'm really interested in going to New Zealand. And my, my goddaughter has just started college there. So I've got two years to get myself there and crash on her floor. But um, yeah, it just, it just New Zealand to me looks like looks like the cover of a jigsaw puzzle box. You know, the, everything just looks so scenic. And I'd love to go and explore both islands. And, you know, I was just reading about some islands off New Zealand where you can literally swim with whales. Wow. Um, yes, um, it looks magical, and it's at like the very top of my dream list right now. So just uh, keep I'll that go with in you. mind. Awesome, okay. let's do it. Let's do it. FBG retreat. Oh my gosh! Yes, go. I'm in. Yes. All right, New Zealand tourism. There's also really good wine. There's also really good wine in New Zealand. So for everyone in New Zealand, amen. Yes, let's go. Yes. Okay, so I have to follow that up though. Are there any destinations that you visited that left you surprisingly underwhelmed? Mm-hmm. Let's think about that. Well, in the Caribbean, you know, I love the Caribbean. I'm a caravangelist. I'm spreading the gospel of the Caribbean everywhere. <laughs> but I have to say, as much as I love the Turks and Caicos Islands, and they're actually my number three favorite destination in the Caribbean, there's a particular island, Grand Turk, which is actually the com- the uh, commercial center of uh, the Turks and Caicos. Uh, it used to be the capital, and it's sorry, it is the capital, and it's where cruise ships stop now. If you go to Turks and Caicos, you stop at Grand Turk, and I really, I think we made the mistake. I went for work, and I think I made the mistake of spending too long at the party. I think we had three or four nights there, and it really required at most too. It's very small. It's very quiet. And there's an air, there's an air of sadness I felt about the destination because so many of the people when, when the Turks, sorry, a quick aside here, but the Turks and Caicos became, made its money in a long time ago in the salt trade. And once the salt trade died for whatever reason, and tourism took off, everyone moved from Grand Turk to Providenciales, which is where all the resorts are now. And so the people who are left in Grand Turk seem kind of dejected. And I felt that vibe. And I just thought it seemed there was just an air of sadness there that I wasn't expecting. Um, I will say, though, one of the things that I did, which was most memorable and that I enjoyed the most of all my Caribbean trips, was going to an island, a little key off Grand Turk called Gibbs Key, where you can swim with stingrays. Everyone's heard of, uh, I'm sure, about Stingray City in uh, Cayman, which is lovely, but it's very, very crowded. But going to Gibbs Key, there are a dozen of these stingrays and you literally, like we were the only people swimming with them. And that was a really special and singular experience. And so whenever anybody tells me they're going on a cruise and the cruise is stopping at Grand Turk, what they, should they do? I say, you know, skip the island tour. If you're diving, that's great because it's a great diving destination. But if you want you really want to get on the water and get to Gibbs Key and see those beautiful stingrays and swim with them. There's one called Stumpy who has no tail. Tell her I say hello. What is your favorite food in the Caribbean? What do you like to eat when you're there? <laughs> has Kristen spoken to you about my Jamaican KFC obsession? No. <laughs> no, I left it as a surprise. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so here's the thing. My favorite food. I have many favorite foods. I love sushi. And I always say to people, you know, wherever you go, you should eat something local. So certainly when you're in Jamaica, as Kristen and I were together, 
You know, you need to have ting, which is a grapefruit soda that's really, really good with pieces of grapefruit pulp in it. You need to have a Jamaican patty, which is sort of related to the empanada and is filled with beef or veggies or seafood. Really, really good. But here's the other thing you have to have in Jamaica, which is not authentic in the strict sense, and that's Jamaican KFC. Now, it sounds like what... You Philistine, why are you eating KFC in Jamaica? But trust me, the KFC in Jamaica is the best KFC in the world. I have heard, I cannot confirm, but I do believe it to be true, that what happened was when the franchise holders in Jamaica first introduced KFC, Jamaicans weren't really into it, and they couldn't understand why. And it was because the Colonel's original recipe really wasn't to Jamaican's taste. And so our franchise holders got permission to add a little extra salt because Jamaicans in general love salt. And I think it's the combination of that tweaked kernels formula plus the fact that we use Jamaican chickens that, honest to God, it's so good. So when I go to Jamaica, it's the first thing I have to do. I have to have an original thigh or original Thai, as we say in Jamaica, and a biscuit. And I, and I am happy. If I get that, I'm happy. And Kristen can tell you, I had to have it while I was there. That's amazing. You all are like the silence, like really? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no, I think we're like, how can we get there and eat it? Except for Kristen, who doesn't eat <laughs> doesn't eat well, meat. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even gonna lie; she almost had me talked into it. I'm like, I haven't had chicken oh. in like 14 years, but maybe, maybe this you're, is you're gonna break the, the time. Fast, do it in Jamaica at Jamaican KFC. Oh, oh, but I have to mention. So Kristen and I did share many wonderful meals together, but I think the highlight was when we went out to Fort Clarence, which is a beach about 30 minutes drive outside of Kingston. And it's where peak working Stonians go on a Sunday with the newspaper. And you go and you hang out, you chill, and you eat fish. But as Kristen can tell you, you know, it's not like they just serve you this filet of fish on your plate. Nope. There are two shacks. We went to Andy's. You go to Andy's and he opens up the cooler and there are all the raw whole fish. And you pick your own fish and then they deep fry it in this cauldron of bubbling oil. And then you have to have it with um, two deep fried, of course, sides. We have festival, which is a kind of sweet, slightly sweet, doughy finger. And we have bami, which is a bread made from... Uh, ground cassava so it's like a whole it's a fried food fiesta and it all it all comes out together and Kristen can tell you it's fish with a face it's a whole fish it and is. the festival and the bami and then the, you get the escovich sauce which comes from the word escabeche the spanish word and it is a marinade basically made with white vinegar and onions and sweet peppers and pimento and you pour that over the top and it really gives a zing to the fried fish and it's so good Kristen can, Kristen can back me up here, right? I, I totally can. It is so good. And But you also left out the pepper shrimps. Oh, um, yes. Pepper shrimps. Are pepper also sw- with faces. Yeah. Also, yes. Yes. So in Jamaica, we call them pepper swims. Swims, oh. like swimming. But yes, pepper shrimps. So there are vendors along the beach, and they come, and they're laden with these bright red bags of bright red whole shrimp, like, like peel-and-eat shrimp. So yes, it's a whole shrimp, and you buy them by the bag, and they are really for true peppery we pe- we uh, make them peppery with scotch bonnet which is a jamaican pepper and then you have to break off the head and you know peel off the shell peel off the legs and it's it's scorching but it's good right i'm so hungry right now <laughs> i'm starving i'm yeah. so hungry <laughs> yeah it is delicious too it's it, really good i yeah. would not cure you wrong just me it's really good if you're vegetarian it's worth just just trying a top as we say in jamaica just a little bit mm-hmm. so for people, there, I know there's a lot of people that will go to, you know, a lot of these destinations and they'll just go to the resort 
and they'll eat at the resort and they'll stay at the resort and then they'll fly home. Yeah. What advice or tips can you give to getting out and really exploring more of the culture? What's the best way to do that in general? You know, I I assume you want people to get off the resort, right? (laughs) Yes, I do. I do think it's a shame, you know, although, well, you know, hold on. Here's, I'm going to give you two points of view. One point of view is sometimes literally all you want to do is go and lie on a beach somewhere and have a margarita in your hand and listen to the waves and soak up the sun. And I'm not going to be a beach snob or a travel snob and tell you that that's not a worthy uh, reason to travel and that you shouldn't do that. So if you want to do that, you know what? Go do it. I'm not going to stop you. But I will say your experience, your travel experience will be so much richer if just one day for one afternoon or one morning, you step outside the resort and get a sense of the destination where you are. Because otherwise, really, you could have just gone to a hotel in your neighborhood, right? And sat by the pool. So the, the great thing is, certainly in the Caribbean, Every hotel has a tour desk that sells tours that they have vetted that are, you know, with with safe vendors who are going to keep you safe and secure while you're having a good time. Go to the tour desk, ask for what the most popular tour is and do it. I mean, why not? You're going to do it with other tourists. You're going to, it's something that's already vetted. And at least you'll know something about where you went. Because, you know, if you, if you go to a resort and you just sit there for seven nights and you never leave, don't tell me you went to Jamaica when all you did was go to X resort because... You went to X resort. You didn't really come to the destination. I think we're one of the good things, one of the good trends I'm seeing in all-inclusive resorts is that they're really trying to incorporate a sense of destination into their offerings. So there'll be a Caribbean restaurant or a Jamaican restaurant. There'll be, you know, whether it's the cheesy Jamaican dance classes or Jamaican, you know, how to speak Jamaican classes or having a Jamaican night at the buffet. But resorts really are trying to give you a sense of destination. But there's there's nothing that beats going out and experiencing it. I mean, I don't really understand why you would travel, why you would pick up and leave your house and pay money to go somewhere else and then not see any of it. I think you definitely should. And just starting with a tour desk at the hotel is the easiest way. I want to talk about fashion with you. Because, yes. Yeah. Because you are bright and colorful and stand out, and you do such a lovely job of it. And I think it's one thing to make a style statement when you are getting ready, you know, using everything in your closet at home. But mm-hmm. it's quite another to do it, you know, on the road and do it consistently. Yes. So, how how do you do it and how do you pack for that because i i don't believe for a second that you're checking a bunch of bags no okay so no i usually travel carry on but i'm not a just quick even though i travel you know 3 out of 4 weeks i'm not someone who just throws stuff in and hopes for the best when i get there most of the time so today i'm actually i will actually be packing this weekend for a trip i take on monday i'm going to belize to review a resort on Ambergris Key, which is a, um, an island off the coast of Belize. So I have an itinerary. I'm going as a guest of a hotel, so they have sent me an itinerary. So I basically know what I'm doing each day. So when I pack, I print out a copy. I go old school and I actually print out a paper copy of the itinerary and I pack according to those to what I'm doing. So literally, I'm actually pulling this up right now because I have it here. So I will sit down and I will write, you know, I see the first night we have welcome cocktails and then we have dinner. So I'll write on the itinerary exactly what I'm wearing. So it's the yellow maxi dress with the um, pink, because of course I like to combine colors, with the pink metallic slides and the pom-pom necklace. So I have everything, you know, and do I need a strapless bra for that max dress? Yes. So I write everything down on my piece of paper, on my itinerary, event by event. So I know that I've got everything I need 
you know, from undergarments to accessories, because also accessories are very important. And in fact, it's a good travel tip because sometimes you can get away with just wearing the same three, four, five pieces of clothing. But if you have five different accessories, totally different look every time. What are my other tips? Well, I wear a lot of color. So for me, I think it all goes together. But I would say to people, if you have limited space, pick a color palette first. So maybe you're going to do white, black, and navy, or white, black, and gray, or maybe only two colors. And use that palette as your guide, because at least you know everything goes together. Uh, wear your heaviest clothes, so you know the clunkiest shoes or the biggest cardigan. Wear that so that you have more room in your carry-on. Um, I was just actually watching something today that was talking about how if you roll your clothes, you get so much more space and fewer wrinkles. I have to say, I'm not a roller. I am a flat folder, but um, maybe I will try it on this trip, on this trip and see if I can get more stuff in. Uh, what else can I tell you? Let me gather my thoughts for a minute here. I think you just travel with the pieces that you love. So anything that of, you know, if I'm taking 20 pieces with me, you can be sure that I love all of those pieces. I know they look good on camera for Instagram. I know they're comfortable. I know they're practical for travel. I, you know, I'm not taking anything that I feel eh, if meh kind of iffy about. If you take the pieces that you love, you'll wear them when you get there and you'll look good when you get there. And that's important too. Oh, and always pick. Oh, oh, oh. So I always work out. I always run when I travel. And so I often travel in sneakers because they tend to be the biggest part of my luggage. It take up a lot of space in my uh, carry on. So I wear those so that I can leave room for a couple of um, a couple of of fancy flats. I like fancy flats for the evening because they don't take up as much space as a heel. And you can get two of them in a shoe bag and you're good to go. Now, with the wearing sneakers, you were mm. also talking about getting upgraded. In that. And I think that mm. a lot of people feel like if they aren't dressed to the nines, mm. they don't stand a chance of, of an upgrade. Right. Well, I, I absolutely, I'm all about the athleisure trend. And I think that you can wear sneakers and still look smart. So for example, here's what I might, might wear. I might wear my sneakers, but I am wearing them with a pair of Zara track pants, wide leg track pants that are black with a red stripe down the side. I have on some little t-shirt underneath, but I'm wearing on the top a jacket, an actual like suit jacket, but it's made of um, knit material, a heavyweight knit material. So it's comfortable. But I look, if you look at me, I look business presentable apart from my feet. If you have to have to look at my feet, but you know what I mean? The whole silhouette is smart, casual. You don't have to put on you know, a suit and tie if you're a man or, you know, a pantsuit if you're a woman, but you need to look well-groomed. I always say to people, you know, me, I dress for me, obviously, but I also dress as a courtesy to other people because I only see myself for five minutes before I see that leave the house, but the rest of the world has to see me all day. And I want to give you something attractive to rest your eyes on. So I'm really doing you a favor. <laughs> and I feel like do, do the world a solid and leave your house looking as good as you possibly can because everyone else got to look at you all day, all day. <laughs> I need to remember that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just polite. I think it's, I really think it's polite. And I'm saying, not saying we should all look the same. I think everyone express your individuality and wear whatever you would like to wear. But I'm all, I'm all into, you know, put some thought and planning into your outfits because that's, you know, that's that, that split second perception and, you know, yeah. People, people judge you. That's the truth. People judge you. We judge people. I judge people all the time. And I just think you want to make a good impression or the right. You want people to have the correct impression of you. So whoever you are on the inside, let your clothes project that on the outside. That is fantastic. Uh, ladies, do you have any other questions for Sarah? I'm kind of curious. What, what do you 
consider, since you do travel so much, like, mm-hmm. do you kind of consider, like, the airplane your home? <laughs> I do. Do I'm you? Happiest, yeah. I'm happiest at 30,000 feet. Yeah. Between between the airport and the and the airplane, honestly, I am. There's a Jamaican expression in your aki, which means you're, like you're just in your element. That is my element. I am. You know, my husband teases me that you know I I sit into I get myself settled in the seat and then I sort of like do a little jig. I do a little seat dance because I'm like all <laughs> settled. I'm in my happy place. It really, yes, the airplane is my home. If it wasn't for practical reasons, I would travel every single week. I love airports. I love travel. I love airplanes. I love everything about it. So I guess we have just one more question for you if you're ready for it. Yes. Okay, here we go. Sarah, what was the last song you listened to before you joined us for this interview today? Wow. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That has to be one from my running playlist. I didn't run this morning, but I ran yesterday. But there are so many I listened to. The last song. Wait. Okay, hold on. I need a second because I need to just Pull up my playlist. Okay. Oh, 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 yes. So I am into that song from Black Panther, Pray For Me. Yes. That is like my power song right now. I love, 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 love it. So I'm going to say that was, you know, that was definitely on the playlist. So that one. And I also like one called, um, for Cool Down, I like one called Merengue. Uh, Hold on. Let me see. Merengue by... It's called by Kent Jones, Dance Merengue. It's very good. It's good for the cool down section Ooh, I like of that. your workout. But yeah, but um, the Black Panther tune, was it Pray For Me by The Weeknd and Kendrick Lamar? Love that. That's really, I mean, you just feel so powerful, you know, when he, those lines where he says, you know, you're looking for a hero, look in the mirror, there's your hero. Love that. It, it, it was, it's such a great soundtrack. And did you see the movie? I did. Was and I did I honestly didn't even think I was going to enjoy it that much because I just thought, oh, it's a superhero movie. Eh. But I went, oh my gosh, I really enjoyed it. I would see it again. I thought it was great. Yeah. It was a good story. And everyone was so yeah. easy on the eye, the male and the female yeah. character. Mm-hmm. I was already checking out what they were wearing, what the hair, you know, Angela Bassett, when she let those gray locks fly free, I was thinking, uh. yes, okay, hair goals, hair goals. <laughs> I love her. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was really fun. I feel like I just went on vacation right now. Yay! Then my job here is done. Love this show? Tell us why in a five-star review on iTunes, and we'll read it on the air. Also, make sure you are a subscriber. If you want to reach out to say hi or have a question about a recent episode, yay, well, feel free to email us at podcast at fitbottomgirls.com. And if this podcast jives perfectly with your brand, consider sponsoring the show. Get more info by emailing advertising at fitbottomgirls.com. Find all kinds of Fit Bottom goodness online and on social media at Fit Bottom Girls, Fit Bottom Mamas, Fit Bottom Eats, and Fit Bottom Zen. And if books and movies are your thing, check out the other podcast I co-host called Book vs. Movie, which you can find anywhere where you search for podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.